love movies? I certainly do. Hi, Chris Roberts here, inviting you to listen to I Saw It on Linden Street, our weekly podcast dedicated to the joy of finding an appreciation in cult films, exploitation oddities, beloved classics, and all points in between. Join us for an informative deep dive into a film that we feel needs to be recognized, with background thrown in on actors, directors, and hey, if I'm doing my job right, you'll get a funny story out of me. So, join us here at I Saw It on Linden Street and listen today. Remember folks, life's too short not to live in the past. Take it easy. and Broom Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man-witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and, well, just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals as our favorite familiars and witches in history. And now I could say that and not correct myself because Jenny is able to join us again. Hooray. Um, no firm dates yet, but... Yeah, woohoo! Little applause, so, little applause. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know how to not clap too loud to blow up the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, we, we just love favorite familiars, and who doesn't love a good like animal story? We need good animal stories nowadays. <laughs> I, I would argue we need it more, <laughs> like now. <laughs> but uh, my name is Linda. Uh, you can call me the cheese, or uh, in this case, uh, the wicked cheese of the West. Yeah, let's go with that. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> Evil woodsy cheese. I, Ooh, woodsy cheese. Uh, that actually sounds, <laughs> you're well aged. <laughs> the evil cheese of the woods. <laughs> I'm oaky. <laughs> And my name is Jane, the third rejected pr- uh, princess after all the princes sang Agony 16 <laughs> times. <laughs> Agony! <laughs> I love those songs. I love those songs so much. <laughs> oh, they are fantastic. Uh, so that brings us into uh, just what the hell are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about the staged version of Into the Woods featuring... Bernadette Peters. The lovely and still goddamn gorgeous Bernadette Peters. Yes. Oh my God. I love her so fucking much. And um, one of my favorite movies of all time, it's like, it's actually a tie. Uh, the number one spot's a tie between Real Genius and The Jerk. And in The Jerk, she plays the uh, the main female character. And I... I Oh God, I've just loved her since I was a kid and I saw that movie and oh God, there's a special place in my heart for Bernadette Peters. She could do no wrong. Well, I mean, I think honestly, the best role she's ever been in was when she was nominated for, um, she had an Emmy nomination for, was on The Muppet Show. 
<laughs> as a guest star. <laughs> I'm, my goal right now is to now tie as many people as I can back to the Muppet Show the way you used to do with Nick Cage. <laughs> I decided to now make that a new goal of mine on our podcast. Oh. Like, can I somehow get this person back to somehow having a tangential relationship to the Muppets in some capacity? So tonight I get to have an easy one because she got to sing just one person to Robin and dance with... Um, uh, Sweetums in a little skit. It was really cute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too bad that I. Uh, I mean, this is it's a stage version, and there's a lot of like stage actors, so it it you know I can't really connect it to Nicolas Cage, except I can. Oh, for <laughs> because <fuck's sakes>. Chip <laughs> Zane or Zion, however you say his last name, was in Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage in 1998. <laughs> I feel like that's like the main focus of your notes right now. <laughs> it's like you highlighted that just to like, just because you're like, welcome back after a month, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> but he was also in another movie that is beloved to me, Howard the Duck. Oh, okay. <laughs> he played Howard the Duck. Oh, I, really? I fucking love him. Oh, oh yeah. But, um... I should say before we really get into this, um, I owe an apology <laughs> to all you listeners. I am so, so sorry. I, um, so like Jane went on vacation and we totally planned for that. She, she made sure that we planned ahead and <laughs> I, kind of, um, I kept pushing going like, we need to record something cause I'm about to leave and I'm not bringing my recording stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be in <laughs> hotels with very questionable Wi-Fi, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so she came back and I was dying. <laughs> As she does. <laughs> As I do, apparently. That's my thing now. And then uh, we're like, okay, well, you know, next week we'll we'll get to it. Um, come next week, I was still fucking dying. Because apparently I had some, like, weird... I don't... The doctor wasn't sure if it was, like, an upper respiratory infection, if it was uh, uh, bronchitis or... Uh, pneumonia. I think he ruled out pneumonia, but uh, whatever the hell it was, it plagued me for like a month and all I wanted to do was sleep and it, it was God awful. And then, um, it was like, yay, I'm getting better now. Let's hear it for antibiotics. And then I got a UTI. <laughs> so <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> so it's, it's been a hell of a time where I've just been, um, Avoiding death narrowly, <laughs> as I do. See, I go on vacation, you narrowly avoid death. We both had a fun summer experience. Exactly. <laughs> so when the teacher asks, how was your summer? You know what to say. <laughs> For my summer vacation, I nearly died again. <laughs> I went to Yellowstone with my yeah. family <laughs> and we saw Buffalo. <laughs> Linda got a UTI. It's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that was just terrible. Cause I remember like I, once I started feeling better, uh, I think I, I woke up uh, on a fucking course. It was like a weeknight. I woke up in like around four 30 in the morning because my kidneys were just like, I hate you, you fucking bitch, die! <laughs> and I was like, why, kidneys, why? 
And I, I couldn't sleep for like a good couple hours. And then when I did fall asleep, I had like half an hour before my alarm would go off. So, so it's been just, just pure joy, pure joy, but we're back. So that's what matters. In one piece, mostly. Uh, yes. Mostly. <laughs> Define one piece. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Bernadette yeah, Peters and is, uh, Into the Woods. Yeah, this is one that Jane's been wanting to cover for a while because she is a uh, Sondheim nerd. Sondheim nerd, <laughs> musical theater nerd. I mean, you have no idea how many um, movies and TV shows we're going to watch that I know that there are musical references in. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to stretch that. I can't wait to stretch those like muscles that I love having stretched. No, I love a lot of his stuff. Um, a Funny Thing Happened to Me, The Form is like one of my favorites. I love Sweeney Todd, and I usually will like just listen to that in the background. Also, the stage version of Sweeney Todd in the background because it just fills me with joy. And I love listening to a Funny Thing Happened to Me, The Form in the background because, again, it just fills me with joy for different reasons. But, man, I... I love his work so much. It's so great. And I'm a big fan of some of these stage productions, even though obviously from this one, which was, you know, little looks a little dated, obviously, especially for a stage production. I completely understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea. I just, I just love the work. I love just watching it mm. and enjoy it. Just like I said, fills me with a lot of joy. So this is one where my opinion is, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but do you really love it? <laughs> I mean, it's not my favorite of his musicals. I still go in between Sweeney Todd and A Funny Thing Happened Way to the Form, just because even though they're two totally different things, um, or two different, you know, um, uh, genres, maybe. One's more dark comedy, one's more just light, happy, funny comedy. Um but I just, I've, I think that what I love about his work is that he can sometimes, like, he can tie in some of, like, these really different ways of just making you laugh. Like, you know, there's, like, the absurdity of it, and then there can be, like, a serious moment in it um, where there's, like, a moral to it. There's a lot of that in Into the Woods. Um, and so it's going to be ridiculous. Finding the ability to form is, like, the perfect thing of just, like, if you just want to laugh, that's great. And Sweeney Todd, of course, is um, very dark humor. Very, very dark humor. And if you do not like dark humor, don't watch that. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I've always loved about just like, I can just sit back and go like, okay, I can actually enjoy this and have a laugh, even though at some point it's going to get kind of sad, which is into the woods. And still, even then, like he still has moments where it just breaks the tension, especially with uh, Bernadette Peters' character and the narrator. Every so often, breaking yeah. the whole tension of it to go like, "Oh yeah, no, we're still kind of in a comedy." <laughs> well, also, um, uh, I loved Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I knew. I guess she wrote a note about how like she's basically both the mm. ditzy Meriwether of the story and she's Linda's spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> She really is. <laughs> okay, as I was watching, I was going like, Linda's going to fall in love with Little Red Riding Hood just like that. Like, that's the first thing he's going to be like, I love Little Red Riding Hood. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, I know. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen here. Well, she gets, like, these amazing lines, like, 
You talk to birds? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> it's, it's like she, like, after, like, the narrator breaking the fourth wall there, like, she also has that moment where she both acknowledges she's in a fairy tale, but at the same time, she's like, no, this isn't normal. Reality does not predict that you can talk to birds, even though, like, a wolf yes. literally talked to her in the last act. <laughs> so yes. She was like, I am willing to accept the wolf will talk to me and lead me into a pasture of flowers and then eat me and... You know, the whole lowered writing sale. I mean, for those who didn't get a chance, I mean, the basic story of Into the Woods, probably should explain this a little bit as we go forward, is it's centered around this husband and wife, a baker and his wife, and a number of different fairy tale stories. You got Cinderella, you got Jack and the Beanstalk, you got Lowered Riding Hood, um, and you've got Rapunzel. Um I almost wanted to say Tangled for some reason because I watched that recently. Like, no, no, that's not the right one. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're all in. It starts out with like this really lovely little song about how all of them are making their wish. Uh, Jack is basically an arrested development ch- man child <laughs> with his mother. <laughs> who I wish. <laughs> uh, I, I think I wrote down failure to launch child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love his character too, though. Like he keeps thinking, like he keeps talking about his cow, Milky White, as a boy. Oh yeah, she's like, it's his mother's like, it's a sheep. Boy, girl, cows give milk, and she's not getting any milk. <laughs> Just like I'm not gonna tell you again, it's a sheep. <laughs> and they, I think that what's um, interesting with what um, they did for the musical, at least in these stories, is that they've taken the um, original versions of it, so the darker versions. Mm-hmm. Like for Cinderella, they yeah. do go through the entire arc of then her stepsisters get her eyes pecked out by birds and they have to cut off their toes and their heels to try to fit into the slipper and the non disney version, which yeah, I, I appreciate because I've always loved Me those too. darker tales. So Yeah, because they get fucking dark. Oh, yeah. Like, real fucking dark. And I'm here for it. They even tell the the darker side of uh, Rapunzel in a very short snippet. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, because the baker and the wife are the only ones who are not related. And I'm using air Mm. quotes here to the story of um, any of these fairy tales. They just kind of get pulled into it because the baker happens to be the brother of Rapunzel, whose family is cursed to be barren after his father stole all the vegetables from the witch next door. And I love that song, too. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, you just like the fact that every time um, the witch, played by Bernadette Peters, every time she uses her staff and, like, hits them, he grabs his crotch, <laughs> she grabs her room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you're barren. I'm just going to double barren you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and if you haven't uh, seen it, guys, um, and you're interested in seeing it, you could see it for free with a subscription on Hoopla. And uh, with Hoopla, you can get uh, a free membership in uh, like most public libraries. Uh, I, I still have one through uh, Seattle Public Library, so uh, it's worth checking into. And you know, if you if you if you don't have that, then it's available streaming to rent on uh, Amazon. For two ninety nine, or uh, Google Play for two ninety nine, or uh, YouTube for two ninety nine, and just make sure it's the nineteen ninety one version with Bernadette Peters. And I think it's the was it the American Playhouse? Yeah, yeah, because they uh, Disney did make a uh, version of it, and um, 
we're we're gonna talk about that another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Linda hasn't seen it, and I've already told her I have opinions. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I don't know what the circumstances were, but I I know I tried watching this before, but then I was just like, I think I had it on in the background, like maybe even while I was sick or something, but then like. I think it's it's over two hours long. It's it's pretty lengthy. So I think I got to the point where it's just like, uh, no, I'm not feeling it. It's, it's two and a half hours long. And it's I can understand where sometimes it's hard for people to like watch a staged production of a show. Mm-hmm. I understand that like that. That's why like in today they try to make musicals into actual like movies. So like with Hairspray, mm-hmm. which. My personal opinion, Hairspray was great. Um, the movie yeah. version of it, I, I actually like that. And um, But I know for some people, it doesn't entirely work unless it's more made into like a full-length movie. Um, so I wonder if maybe that's sometimes the reason why it kind of stops people from watching it. Because watching a stage play, you never know how the camera's going to focus. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just one of those ones that you... Like I, I often while I'm studying or something, I'll have uh, I'll have a movie on in the background, but it's definitely not one of those ones that you could just have on in the background. Yeah, unless I mean, I, mean, I, I can have uh, at this point because I've heard the music so many times, I can probably have it yeah. on the background. <laughs> but well, the music's great, and I love listening to it. But there's so many like little things and nuances that you're going to miss if you don't, if you don't actually watch it, watch it. And and also just basic, um, um, just stagecraft comedy. So, and just little moments where it's just like, okay, I know why they're laughing. That's pretty hilarious. So like when he runs off with the cow where he just picks it up and runs off. with it. Cause he's like, he's kind of going at it. Like how do I, how am I going to, he just picks it up by a handle and just goes with it. You know, all those little things that can happen yeah. in theater productions because it just makes the audience laugh. And but mm-hmm. yeah, so it's so yeah, the story goes that the um witch who of course kidnapped Rapunzel cursed this baker's family and she says, like, okay, if you go out into the woods, you find me four of these items, um, then I'll release you from the curse. And of course they all relate to something within these fairy tales. So um the hair is yellow as corn. Rapunzel's hair, which surprise, surprise, doesn't work because the witch has touched it before. Um, the cape is red as blood. Um, Lord Riding Hood. So you, you get the idea. They're all going to kind of interrelate in some point. And um, I do love, um, <laughs> I do love when the uh, baker's wife goes looking for the shoe, and she uh, tells Cinderella that she's like, "I need that shoe to have a baby." <laughs> and she looks at her shoe like. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. There are just, like, plenty of, like, those little jokes that that just, like, I don't know, they tickle me. Well, and you also, I mean, what's what's really great is you have the narrator throughout the entire thing who becomes a cast member all on his own. Yes. But, yeah, it's he's, you know, he's being a little quippy about stuff, and it's, like I said, it's a whole production of just, wonderful music and just great songs and again i'm just i'm just gonna fangirl over how amazing just sondheim creates everything 
but well, the um the billing for the the movie in the credits were um it goes Bernadette Peters and then uh Chip Zion Zine whatever uh, however you say it and then uh Joanna Gleason who plays the baker's wife and um in in when they at the the end where they all take their bows uh it goes Chip then um or no it goes uh, Joanna then Chip then Bernadette Peters is last and uh, I feel like Joanna Gleason just like she stole the show. I mean, Bernadette Peters is fucking amazing. She's fucking Bernadette Peters. But Joanna Gleason was like she has this amazing like comedic timing and uh, delivery. And like she and, and Bernadette Peters, they both really, really deliver with the vocals and with the the drama and the comedy which is it's a hard balance but they they just do a lovely job oh yeah no it's um excuse me still stuffed up with uh dirt (laughs) long story (laughs) jane snorts mud on the weekends (laughs) y'all Jane did a tough mudder on the weekends problem. for all of you need to know. <laughs> and Jane tough has a little bit of it still up call. in her sinuses at the moment. It's kind of all trying to get out. <laughs> so excuse me if I sound a little yeah. horsey. <laughs> tough mudder is just street slang for uh, spending all night, like uh, all weekend on a, a binge of mud. Just snorting mud. Just just snorting mud. That's it. <laughs> you know what's insane is um, this, you just made me remember... Um, it's going to be such a tangent, but uh, Sesame Street sometimes puts out these uh, parody movies to teach kids oh. about like just basic concepts, whether it's like um, ABCs or shapes and or morals. And um, one of the ones they did was based off of True Blood, and it's called True Mud. <laughs> and you just made me think about that one. Oh no! <laughs> I just you had to say that. I'm just like. Well, okay, that just came back into my head for no good damn reason. <laughs> Anyways. You're welcome. <laughs> and I think that, I and I agree. Jo- God, she was, they're all just great. I mean, everything like Joanne yeah. Gleason's character delivered writing her. I mean, yeah. I One of the things that I've kind of always gotten annoyed with when I've seen like uh, high school productions of Lillard Riding Hood, because Lillard Hood in the very beginning when she comes into the baker's house to like get like goodies for her grandma she just starts like <laughs> eating everything yeah and she's like and maybe two sticky buns or four, four. or twelve <laughs> and she's eating cookies as she goes she's putting them into the basket when they're not looking and yeah. and then the baker just like starts taking them out <laughs> like, well then they find her oh, later in the good. woods when they're looking for the red cape and the baker's like oh like because he's trying to act all natural to take her red cape he's like oh like Oh, those sweets, you know, grandma's like, could I love those? He, she's like, I ate all the sweets and half the loaf of bread. <laughs> but one thing they, they, they have, and I know that it's a little bit difficult, but all high school productions, like I've always seen them cast very waifish characters or very mm-hmm. waifish girls to play Laura Ryan. I'm like, I like the fact that this, that the actress at least looked like, yeah, she's, she's more than happy to be her. <laughs> so... See, that's another thing that I love about it is like, it's not all these gorgeous, like soap opera people and except for Chuck Wagner, who literally was a soap opera actor, (laughs) but I mean, you know, like it wasn't like, um, I don't know. I, I, I love the fact that they, they cast her in the role. 
And I, I, I fucking love her. She performed so fucking well. Yeah. And, um, I think we also, uh, can't ignore the princes, both Cinderella <laughs> and Rapunzel's prince. Cause they're just, they're so perfect. It's their first song agony where they're singing about, um, the girl they just can't have. Oh yeah. <laughs> This is the girl again, the one who runs away and the one who's up in a tower. And I like when he does like that. Um, he she lets down her hair, goes like ah, ah. He's like trying to <laughs> mimic like how she's like in pain <laughs> whenever he's trying to climb her hair. He goes ah, ah, ah. Like oh, God. <laughs> or for that matter, when the um when Jack's mother comes out and she's like she's screaming about like. Uh, you know, something just just um, trampled her her house or her yard or something, and she's like ah, <laughs> screaming, and then she sees like the the royal. <laughs> oh, and she's so proud. She's like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then the, I, I mean, the best part is like, was so because because I, mm. I think like we have to say like because it, it's those fairy tales are in the first act like all the fairy tales that we know are in the yeah. first act because after that it goes off the um off of the fairy tales it's, it's sort of like um did you ever see those um so uh, there was a photographer who did these really great like almost like um portraits of it was like called after um God, I can't remember the name, but it was like After Ever After or After Happily Ever After. And it was basically like all these different fairy tale princesses and what their life would have actually been like. So like Prince Charming and Cinderella is like sitting on the couch and Cinderella is like still cleaning the house and everything. And um, <laughs> I think like Ariel's like um, consuming like her fish friends. Like there's different versions of this, but it's like it gets. But that kind of reminds me of like what would have happened, what possibly could have happened afterwards like Rapunzel's like kind of like the most realistic to how she was treated because not yeah. only like if you know the ending to the original Rapunzel is um you know the witch finds out that Rapunzel's been letting you know the prince up into the tower she kicks Rapunzel out she's destitute Rapunzel also gives birth to two kids in the process because that tower is very lonely <laughs> and that well, prince shows up needs. and she has no idea what else is going to happen clearly. <laughs> and, uh, the prince comes, falls out of the tower. His, uh, eyes get cut out, um, cut up and blinded by thorns. And then Rapunzel's tears heal, heal his eyes and they live together happily ever after with their two babies. And that's how that story ends. But the after effect, the second act is almost very real because, She's like a screaming mess. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the prince is like, oh, yep, that's Rapunzel. You hear, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's 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 Rapunzel. There, she's a, uh, she's been through a lot. She's she's been in a tower and uh, <laughs> and she even tells her um, um, her mother, the witch, um, you know, who is now yeah, yeah. after sort of mother. Well, yeah, adopt kidnapper, whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> each their own on definitions here but um you know because um the witch needed all the items so she could be beautiful again because when the uh baker's father originally stole stuff he stole all the magic beans that jack would later end up with to grow the beanstalk and now she's beautiful and she's gorgeous as bernadette peters is and she tells her mother it's like no you 
I can't have a normal life. You locked me in a freaking tower, yes. cut me off from human contact. <laughs> I don't know how to live. So, yeah. But then Bernadette Peters gets her best line in the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be a good mother. <laughs> And that reminds me of like just when she goes and finds Rapunzel and like the um, often being destitute just as the prince finds her. And she's like, oh, there you are. And it's like, it's like, who are you? And she's all because because the witch is now beautiful again. She's like, oh, she does like that. We're like, (laughs) like, look. And they're like, oh, (laughs) and that's when she finds she doesn't have magic now that she's back to being, you know, beautiful and stuff. So she's lost all of her powers. But yeah, and then they just shrug and wander off. But yeah, that's that was like you know the first act um, until you get into the second one. Uh, I'm trying to think like I'm trying to make sure we cover like all the different stories because you got like Jack going up, killing the giant, um, and stealing a bunch of stuff, which becomes very important later because the blame game happens on. And they go into like the honesty of that story too, where like the the female giant was just like so kind to him, mm-hmm. and then and he ends up killing her husband yeah. and stealing, <laughs> no, and stealing their shit, yeah, stealing their harp, <laughs> stealing the goose that lays the golden eggs, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah, yeah, he's pretty fucked. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I'm just sitting thinking like, oh, yeah. And got some one thing I I really enjoyed was that it's like the the first half is um is basically, you know, as Jane was saying, like the it's the story, the tales. Um and it's it's pretty much like it it pretty much ends the first act as and they lived happily ever after. And then the second half is all about like no, they really did not live happily ever after. And then it gets dark and like the first half is more funny, lighthearted and you know, everybody's making a wish and getting their wish and um, the good guys are conquering evil and uh, the princes are getting their, their princesses. And then second half is all about like consequences. Yeah. I mean, it's, and of course, all the the evils punished. You'll even have part at the end of mm-hmm. the first where you know, like um, the witch loses um, her daughter and she doesn't have any more powers yeah. left, even though she's now beautiful again. The stepsisters have their um, eyes picked out by the birds that Cinderella talks to. Oh, and the wolf is uh, well as a coat killed. Yeah, she, Red Riding Hood gives <laughs> up the uh, her red cloak to the baker because <laughs> her grandmother yeah. made her a really great um, fur coat and gave her this knife. <laughs> did you notice that um the 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 wolf when he's got his like song and dance wolf seems to have a package thank you i was noticing that (laughs) i never noticed i was like like, i i may have just not been looking there but i feel like there's a dog there (laughs) not even a package i feel like it's there like i don't know why it's there but it's there I think they played a little bit too much into the moral tale of the original Red Riding Hood, which is, you know, mm. less about not trusting wolves and more about, you know, the stranger and sometimes the um, yeah. sort of borderline adult sexual undertones there. And I was like, okay, you guys yeah. played this up a bit too much now. 
But yeah, the second half, she she not only has that fur coat, but she also has a, a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, because grandma's like a total badass and starts cutting up the wolf <laughs> right after they're freed from oh, its yeah. stomach. She's like, okay, I got this now. It's my kill. It's <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> and um, I think that what's uh, one thing that I... Um, I know it's part of the original story of Cinderella, but one of the things that I've always liked that they've kind of changed a little bit is that her father in this story is present and it's just like yeah. a drunkard who doesn't seem to care. Because that was the one thing that a lot of people have always asked when it came to the story of Cinderella, which is like, why would this guy marry um, yeah. this horrible woman? And of course, in I think the Disney version, um, you know, she didn't the show cartoon. her cruelty until after her father died. Yeah. And um, similar to like, say in the, my opinion, the best version of Cinderella ever after um, the father died before the stepmother even had a chance to get to know Mm -hmm. uh, this Danielle. Um, So that's how, that's how you get into the idea of like, Oh, she was acting nice, but she's really kind of a bitch. Whereas this one's like the father's still alive. He just does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he's just barely there. Oh, yeah. He's just kind of stumbling around. Well, that's why I, I, he's, I mean, he even has a line where he's like the closer to the family, the closer to the wine. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is not present at all. Like he's just probably happy when his daughter like marries royalty. He's like, okay, royal line now (laughs) so and of course in the second act it all starts out with all of them having more wishes it's like in the first Mm -hmm. act it's like you know cinderella wishes to go to the festival um jack's mother you know wishes that you know they had money and food and jack um obviously wishes not to sell his friend and the baker and the wife wish for a baby and so now the wishes have changed where you know she's cinderella's like I want to sponsor another festival because she's clearly bored with wor- royal life. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, uh, and the baker and the wife, like the baker's wife is thinking like, Oh God, I wish we had more room. I didn't realize that a baby was going to take up this much space <laughs> <laughs> or work in general. So, and of course the baker's kind of like absent with his son. He's like, uh, yeah, my wife knows how to handle this better. You do it. <laughs> Just, yeah, he's just like he always cries when I hold him. It's like, well, it's hold like, him properly first off, yeah, and babies cry. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's how. Uh, and then there's also the other beanstalk that started growing because of all the beans that have been dropped, and that's how the female giant gets down and starts a rampage looking for the boy who killed her husband. And then it just gets like there are parts that just get like depressing and like they're very strong. Like, um, okay. So all the characters are together cause they're like, Oh shit. There's a fucking giant that is, is like tearing up the fucking, uh, village and she wants revenge. She wants the, um, she wants Jack, uh, you know, she wants to to kill Jack for killing her husband. And um, they're all kind of like, well, of course, you know, Jack's mother's like, you know, please don't don't let her get to Jack. And, you know, she wants to save her son. And meanwhile, everybody else is kind of like, uh, no fucking take him. <laughs> like, we didn't do anything. Don't kill us. 
and um then people start dying some of the characters start dying and um and then uh rapunzel is one of the characters that dies yeah the the i think that the the implication is that she is squished like she wanders yeah. off crying and everything and she ends up getting killed and of course uh, what's really sad is obviously like the witch that's her daughter like she actually yeah. does love um rapunzel and she even has this really beautiful song about um yes uh, <laughs> make linda it's cr- so heartbreaking yeah, make linda where cr- she's just like um careful of what you say because uh, children will listen and like earlier she was saying like children don't listen and like I tried telling you to protect you I tried telling you all these rules but you never listen yeah the world is dangerous and it's going to hurt you and I mean and I think we should back up just a little bit because parts of there's a lot of things that are also falling apart as the giants on this rampage uh, Cinderella and Rapunzel's husbands have started to or princes have started to stray <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. They are both um, madly in love with um, a sleeping beauty in a tower <laughs> and a girl in a casket who's asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which... Who's guarded by a... By dwarves. By a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> What's... I'm trying to now remember because you know, I just lost my... Um, the, the line, which is like, um, dwarves are very upsetting, he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that so much. <laughs> and he was basically like, uh, did you kiss her or anything? He's like, no, she's guarded by a dwarf. Dwarfs. <laughs> Dwarfs are very upsetting. <laughs> and the thicket, he's like, well, this is my thing about blood. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, so they're starting to stray and, um, yeah, that's that's like where the it's it gets so fucking funny afterwards. Like the those little interspersed parts where it just gets hilarious. Um, I mean they, uh, I mean they even like have this moment of trying to break the tension of the female giant gets around the group, but Jack's not there, and they found she's kind of nearsighted; she can't see. Mm-hmm. So. They uh, start saying, like, okay, well, just just give her somebody. She can't see. Give her anybody. Like, give her this person. Give her this person. Like, give her the steward that, like, um, you know, yeah. he's like, I, I don't want to die. And the narrator is explaining certain things and certain moral conundrums. And the all the cast turn to the narrator. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do we need you? It's like, but. But I tell the story and bird. And then I we don't just care. like yeah, the, the way you're telling the story. <laughs> Some of us don't like the way you're telling the story. And of course, the witch tosses the narrator towards the giant. And when she gets the narrator closer, she throws him <laughs> and kills him. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so like I said, there's these little comments. But yeah, a lot of it does get really depressing. Like Jack's mother, though, the how she oh, dies yeah. is kind of funny because she gets bonked in the head but is mm-hmm. still standing, which is like the weirdest thing to see. But she ends up getting killed yeah. by the steward and um, Lord Riding Hood finds out that both her mother and her grandmother have been killed by getting squished by the giant. And so she's alone in the world. Jack's alone in the world. And so and they're, they're still supposed to be kids, you know, for the most part. They mm-hmm. They are played by adults, but they are supposed to be very, you know, at least young adults. <laughs> so, which leads me to another one of my favorite parts, but that's at the end. So, okay, I'll wait. 
oh yeah <laughs> i think i know what you're talking about now it's like oh yes yes that part speaking for rested development <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also like while they're um while they're out uh searching uh the baker the baker and his wife they leave their baby with um lowered riding hood at one point which i'm like parenting choices top notch there (laughs) (laughs) so um but the um baker's wife ends up coming across cinderella's prince um and by the way most people don't have names (laughs) it's just cinderella's prince and uh he seduces her in a very awkward sort of way where even like she's turns the eyes she's like wait a second I'm in the wrong story <laughs> this <laughs> like hold up that was fantastic <laughs> yeah and she unfortunately ends up getting uh killed by a falling tree and um yeah hmm? yeah I, I think she, like she ends up she like ended up like uh falling into like a crevice or something or I'm trying to remember the exact yeah. thing. Cause like I've, I've seen it done differently. Um, um, so I might be remembering like one of the high school versions I've seen, but yeah, it's, um, but she ends up dying and, um, yeah. Laura after screwing around with the prince. Yep. <laughs> and having a conundrum going like, can we have both? No, probably not. Probably not a good idea. Okay. I'm going back to my husband and dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She has this like great like song, like this solo song too. Oh yeah, it's right. it's um well cuz like I said there's a lot of um uh working through some of the outside of the morals of the fairy tales that were originally written but also kind of expanding upon the idea of like okay, well wait a second. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe it's not see a best way to explain it. Maybe it's well, it's, you know, I, I see it as like how, you know, it's not always about the happily ever after. Nothing always just ends. It just kind of continues. And you got still got the baker's wife who's kind of living in that going like, all I wanted was a baby. Okay. I kind of think I wanted more now. Can't I have both? It's like, well, not exactly. There's this level of responsibility and, you know, it's that's kind of like how I see part of her song is it's like, you know, you can have all these different, all these different desires and wants and everything, but you know, you can't have it all. And she kind of realizes that too late, (laughs) sadly, (laughs) (laughs) but still, and that's, that's kind of what some of these like secondary wishes that these people are making. It's like, we're like, okay, guys, you had your wish. It should have been happily ever after. It's like, oh no, there's more after that they still want. It doesn't end there, but you can't have everything that you want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's um, like, I kind of feel like at least with the, um, the second half, at least it's kind of all about careful of what you wish for. And um, you know, like, and just learn to be happy with what you have Mm-hmm. But also, um, like, be careful, like with um, with Bernadette Peters' heartbreaking song about her, you know, with her when her uh, her daughter dies. It's it's all about like be careful of what you say because children will listen, and like be careful of the stories that you're telling your children. Yeah, it's um, 
as you said, it does get pretty dark. I mean, even like I think that honestly, one of my favorite songs in here is the song Last Midnight because um, the oh, witch is yeah. going through just, you know, you all had to get what you wanted. And now look at the price that you're paying for all of this. Um, and she also has like one of the best lines, I think, which is like, um, because they're all trying to like solve this without killing Jack because they don't want to. Yeah. Brenda Pierce is basically like, well, Brenda Pierce, I want to keep calling, but the witch is just sort of like, just sacrifice the kid. Like, who gives a crap? And all of them are like, no. And she's like, mm. oh, you're just, you're nice. I'm not. I'm. Like, I'm not good. I'm not bad. I'm just right. I <laughs> And she even says, like, to um, Little Red Riding Hood, she's like, you know, you you killed a wolf. And she's like, that's not the same. It's, you know, he's he was a wolf, but this is a human being. And she says, or she says it wasn't the same. And she says, um, say that to the wolf's mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like damn yeah it's um and again it, it is probably like one of my favorite songs because it also culminates in like how she even like you get the idea of how she ended up being hideous to begin with in that full line at the end because she does allude to like how mm-hmm. she ended up hideous and how like all the stuff that the baker's wife and the baker did in the first act um made her beautiful again so which was just kind of cute I just sometimes wonder what happened afterwards. It's like she melted into the ground after that. <laughs> that was the one thing I was like, hey, plot hole, what did happen to her? She just died? She get ugly again? Yeah, she just kind of like went away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she was, I think her goal after that was like, look, I'm not hanging around here. So if you're not going to give me Jack, I just want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was pretty smart about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the narrator may disagree with her methods, but. <laughs> but like, I, I kind of have to agree with the the whole idea of be careful of what stories you're telling your children, because it's like, if you really look into these, uh, these stories, uh, they're kind of a lot of bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, especially like when you when you think about things like Snow White, <laughs> like she was, uh, she her like the, her evil stepmother kept trying to fucking kill her, and um, because she's beautiful, and <laughs> um, she ends up hiding out with these uh, these dwarves in the middle of the woods, and. Um, the witch keeps trying to kill her because she's beautiful. And finally she poisons her with an apple, but like she's in a glass coffin until uh, a, a prince comes along and is like, Hey, that's a sexy corpse. And, and he kisses her and that brings her back. Or actually, I think in the original version, he, He's like, wow, what a beautiful corpse in a beautiful coffin. And so he's like, I'm going to take that home. And it shakes loose the in, apple and comes yeah, out of her mouth. The, and the carriage. Yeah. And she she comes back to life. But it's but if you really think about like a lot of these stories, it's like, why the fuck are we telling our children these stories? 
Because they were moral lessons <laughs> to not trust yeah. weird wolves with weird packages. <laughs> and I mean, like we covered uh, before we covered the original story of uh, of Ariel, the, the little mermaid and how um, she was turned in the original story. She turns to seafoam because she doesn't have a soul. So um, she can never really know what love is. Well, and even Sleeping Beauty. I mean, we've covered that story a yes. couple hundred different ways, it feels like. so. True. Yeah, it's, um, it is. It's like some of these stories, you look deeper into them. It's like when they get Disney-fied, it's, uh, it doesn't feel that bad. Uh, but when yeah. you read the original, it's like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like what the f- uh, <laughs> Although I will admit, I was kind of amused by the um, appendages that are falling off of the uh, stepsisters as she's cutting off the parts yes. of the foot. <laughs> and she stabs one of them with the knife and just picks it up. <laughs> yes! God. Uh, it's like, what did you think was yeah. going to happen? You basically have hobbled your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I, I like that part too, because they're they're saying, um, put put the girls out of their misery. Give them to, give the blind girls over to the, the giant. Put them out of their misery. And they're like, we're not that miserable. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just I, I fucking love it. I, I I'm very glad that you wanted to cover this because uh, it it made me sit down and actually like watch the whole thing well and but, um, and uh, again there's like there's sad songs i think we should also talk about um the um mother isn't here now and no one is alone that's just like a really beautiful song yes. and Ugh. you know it's obviously sung by um cinderella to red riding hood and um the baker to uh baker. jack because they've both lost their parents and and uh cinderella <laughs> Her birds told her yes, that and- <laughs> her prince was fooling around. Well, that's when uh, Laura Reinhardt made that observation of, you talk to birds? Because <laughs> yeah. at first she's trying to get information on the giant. She's like, it's, it's, uh, okay, later. I'll deal with the prince later. Giant, <laughs> giant. <laughs> Oh. But yeah, and just the her deadpan delivery of that line. That's why I, I fucking love Red Riding Hood. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and of course, uh, Cinderella meets her prince later on in the woods, and he has that line where he's like, "I was taught to be charming." Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or was it like not not? I want to say oh. sincere. I I always want to say true, yes, but that's yes, it. I was taught to be charming, was, not sincere. Yeah. I wasn't taught to be sincere. I was taught to be charming. <laughs> well, oh, and of course, like the princes yeah. get their um, uh, their sleeping brides. I do like that. Um, it kind of changed with the tower thing, where like uh, Cinderella's prince is going after um, Sleeping Beauty in the tower because he even tries. Like the, the agony song is great in both in two different ways because they're both trying to like one up each other on how hard their girl is to get. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you noticed that? 
uh, and then they yes. also try to compliment each other at the same time where it's like um like she ran it's like why she runs like the girl must be mad <laughs> it's like <laughs> and then like the tower he's just like when like a tower like yours was, but much higher. It's like, God damn it. it's, it's like such a great break in both of the acts to just be like how absolutely absurd these two are. It's just hilarious. So, Ooh, But I think we all have that friend, that one friend. Oh, who has to one up you on everything. Yes. We've all had, yes. let's just that. we've all known that person. They usually don't be friends for mm-hmm. too long because they get really obnoxious yes. very soon. But these two are brothers, so I mean, it's like they can't not live with each other. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. and so of course, like um, the two princes get their respective ones, and um, they kill the giant, not the princes. The because it seems like you know the princes are going to leave that up to the peasantry. <laughs> Because so, they got bigger fish to fry. Well, they've they've got to go and wake up some sleeping girls and force them to marry them. Duh. <laughs> More important things. Look, he look Rapunzel. Rapunzel's uh, prince just lost her, and he needs to recover in the bosom and warm crotch of another person as soon as possible. I know how it goes. I know. <laughs> As soon as possible. As soon. (laughs) But yeah, Cinderella and Little Reinhood and Jack and uh, the baker all kill the female giant. So, yay. Mm -hmm. And the people who fled, Cinderella's family basically fled (laughs) to a state home, (laughs) which is fine. I mean, they kind of make the comment of, um, in the end, that they kind of like, not starved to death, but... Like they got lost and couldn't find their way back, and yeah, it was it was just kind of like a cute little ending to like how they ended. It's like, oh, you guys just had a miserable trip, basically. <laughs> and um, I, I love oh, how. Go ahead. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, um, when you've got all the other endings, and you've got a, uh, I, I found this one really weird, where um, because you like. Uh, the baker is trying to just kind of acquaint himself with the idea that he's going to be a, a single dad and he has to learn how to, he almost gives his baby away to Cinderella. Like, no, no, he'll be happier with a yes. princess. It's like, dude, come on, <laughs> man yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's seriously got to fucking get his shit together. Well, he mans up pretty quickly. I mean, he ends up meeting his dad in the woods who we thought had died in a baking mm-hmm. accident. As everybody shrugs. He was also uh, played by the narrator. Yes, in between his narration, he also plays um, uh, the baker's dad. and Who speaks in riddles. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at some point, if they ever did a, like another version of this, he'd be the Rumpelstiltskin. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what it sounds like. It was like, eh, maybe. And of course, like the witch that the entire time, whenever she sees him, is trying to harass him, go like, you're a thief, you're a thief. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't... He, you are, you are a thief. You could have asked. You could have paid for it. You could have worked for it. I don't know. We can all agree the dad was a thief. She wouldn't have that cool song. I know she wouldn't have had that cool song if he didn't. If she didn't. If he did, yeah, it's. I you know weighing the uh, weighing the options there. Eh. I'm just saying, dad was a thief. No, dad was a thief. He was. He also ran away from his responsibilities. <laughs> so, 
True. Yes. Yeah. But the good thing is the baker didn't, and he came back, got to know his child, and started telling the story of how everything happened by the coaxing of his dead wife. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of funny because, uh, you know, Cinderella is basically like, well, my prince is cheating on me, and I don't really want royal life, so... um. I'll come back and live with you and hang out and help. And I like to clean, actually. <laughs> She's like, yeah, actually, I like to clean sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and um, you want to do the Lord Riding Hood line that you love so much? I'll God, let you yes. I'll let you have this like, I, I don't know it word for word, so I'm I'm probably fucking it up. That's okay. But, I mean, um, just do the, the paraphrase version, because it's just funny the way it is. So he basically says, like... Uh, Jack says basically that his he doesn't have a mother anymore, and she says, "I'll be your mother." <laughs> well, like, uh, well, I think because uh, I, I think it's really funny. It's like, well, like I'll be your friend, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. he actually even has like still like a rest of development line going, like, "Well, you could come mm. stay with me." It's like you'll be my mother. It's like, no, I'll be your friend. <laughs> so <laughs> again. Failure to launch child. <laughs> Major failure to launch child. But they also then go and oh. live with the baker and Cinderella and they start their own little family. So, yeah. You know, for the most part, some people died. Some people are happy. Morals are taught. The witch comes back on for her scene to talk about how children will listen as the baker is talking to his son about the um, tale of how everything happened. So, yeah, it's again, I love this musical. I think it's great. Everybody should see it. It's fantastic. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I got it encouraged. And we're going to cover, we're going to cover the Disney version because we're going to cover the Disney version and Jane's going to have some very strong opinions. <laughs> I am so looking forward to it. I'm sure that um, when you watch it, you're going to understand why I have strong opinions after watching this. Yeah. Well, I do love Meryl Streep. And I was going to, I was just about to say, it is nothing against Meryl Streep. She was perfectly cast. Nothing against her whatsoever. It's just other things that I will save. And I will probably also talk about other movie musicals that were done well as movie productions and ones that were not <laughs> as comparisons. <laughs> I have opinions about this. <laughs> you opinions? I, <laughs> I do. Oh, there's one little scene that I do love um, when um, they're in the first act, when the baker's trying to gather up all the items and the witch is like trying to say like, just steal the cape from Lord Riding Hood. <laughs> he's just like, take he's it. like, I don't want to steal her child. So he tries to do it. He like takes it from her and she just starts like screaming just loudly. <laughs> it's crying. And he just goes back, puts it on her shoulders, like runs away. going like, sorry, it's okay. He's like, Oh, it was kind of priceless. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it's like, well, but everybody, like the whole cast is so fucking strong. Everybody was so amazing. Oh yeah. It's, it's it, like I said, it's just a, it's just a fun musical to watch. And then even the second act when it gets dark, there's still like all this little interspersed moment where it breaks out and it's still fun, but you get like an mm-hmm. interesting, you get a good story at the end where you can walk away and go like, Oh, great music, great story. 
you know, something to contemplate. It's like I said, it's fun to watch. And I think like the only reason that I can see people probably have an issue with it is um, it's hard to sometimes watch stage productions depending on how the cameraman is focusing on certain things. I have watched. Well, apparently this one was like filmed over multiple performances. I, I can see that helping a bit better. Like I think the, um, mm-hmm. excuse me, the film stage version of Sweeney Todd is also really good. Um, but I've seen, and, and maybe this is more like the ones that have annoyed me, um, is, um, like the Circus Soleil ones. I've seen them filmed, but mm-hmm. they periodically will cut to the audience members. Yeah. Like looking up and on, I'm like, like, what? I the don't fuck give a shit about the audience fuck? members. Like, They're just fuck. like, oh, it's like, well, what are they looking at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another good stage uh, theater production, Kinky Boots. That's another good stage theater. Oh. That's a good oh. one to watch. I want to see it so badly. I mean, I've seen the movie, but I, I, and I fucking love Cindy Lauper, but I, I haven't seen the staged version. Uh, it is on Amazon. Uh, Broadway HD channel, or you could just rent it, I think. But yeah, I that's another one that I'll just throw uh, in the background just to listen to because I love that so much. It's so funny and it's so great and it's so sweet. <laughs> but yes, it's, and I would also say that Hamilton was well filmed as well as a stage production. So, oh, yeah, that was so good. Like I said, I mean, there's, there's a good way of doing it. And as long as you keep mm-hmm. good focus, depending on all, like, if you just leave a camera on, just point at the stage, it's not, it doesn't work. Sometimes you do have to zoom in on certain characters if you're watching them in a movie proper, mm-hmm. I guess. But it's, you know, it you have to kind of know when to do that. And like, I've seen the ones where it's like, if you just put too much focus on like the pan out, that doesn't work as well as like, you know, picking certain scenes and filming certain areas and everything. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's like I said, the only ones I've ever like had a huge issue with that one is, um, the, uh, Cirque du Soleil shows. And also, um, and I think this is more of a Donny Osmond issue, but Joseph and the amazing technical dream coat was just so cringy. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Which is really sad. Cause I actually like the musical, but I watched that it's like a stage movie version. It's, it's so cringy. Like I couldn't even get through like five minutes of it. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause like I've seen it performed and I thought it was like a lot of fun and just a lot of joy, but man, that was, that was, that was a rough five minutes. I'm still clearly still traumatized <laughs> by it. <laughs> but yeah. And, oh. but similar to like some of the, musical productions as movies can work or they cannot. Mm. So, and everybody has opinions on that one. There are a couple where I'm just like, really? You guys thought that was good? I have a laundry list as to why it wasn't. (laughs) In some cases, it's, Uh. you clearly have not seen the stage version of the musical (laughs) because they cut out a lot. Sweeney Todd. Yes. (laughs) People love that one. It's like, oh. yes, if it wasn't based off a of source material that I already know that is like 10 times better and actually knows how to capture dark humor, this one really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you miss a lot of the dark humor just by have a little, you know, a little mm. priest all about making people into pies. That was actually supposed to be really funny and it's just dry. 
But I mean, for that matter, it's been a while since I, I well, I think that it's been a while since um, uh, Tim. Tim Burton. Uh, Burton's been decent. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm, it's like, I was actually thinking about that today before we recorded. It's because I'm like, what was the last Tim Burton movie that I actually really liked? And I'm really having a hard time thinking of that right now. Right? Yeah. I think it, for me, it maybe, maybe Monkey Bone? Maybe, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was kind of like on the, the border with that. With that one. But I remember, I distinctly remember uh, the moment when I found out that um, he had turned to shit. <laughs> that was, which was which one was it? I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> yeah, like, I was in the drive-in and I saw um, Planet of the Apes. And I was thinking, oh man, it has Paul Giamatti. I fucking love Paul Giamatti. And it, it's uh, Tim Burton. Fucking love him. And you know it's got to be music by Danny Elfman. Oh, it is. The music <laughs> god. I fucking love t- uh, Danny Elfman. I've loved him my whole life. Um, this is going to be great. And then I just distinctly remember watching the movie going, uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> really bad big fish <laughs> i actually liked big fish ah uh, yeah big fish was i fun. can't say i've seen big eyes i've been told that's really good but um i want to big see fish yeah, was I the one that i actually did enjoy so that was in 2003 so there are some movies but yeah there's yeah it's yeah i i guess i don't know if i'll get to say this too much in the next one but my issue with um sweeney todd with johnny depp is and it has nothing really to do with the acting per se mm-hmm. because i feel like the direction was honestly what was off for me because you can lose like the ballad of sweeney todd that opens the actual musical like that's fine if you're going to do it as a movie but when you lose what's the dark what the dark comedy is from everything from a little priest where they're talking about what people would taste like if they were to be put into meat pies to even cutting out like <laughs> just the sometimes the hilarious banter that happens between um, Anthony and Joanna. Like they cut out that entire stuff of like how they get to know each other. It was just gone. Like all the songs about like kiss me and um, like even in like the stage production, Joanna is the one who actually kills the person who um, the person who's running the um, asylum um, because Anthony mm-hmm. can't. It's just like this funny little moment where it's like, oh no, she's she's actually kind of a badass in her own way and she's kind of um, snippy, but it's so much of the dark humor in it was so lost. Like Sasha Baron Cohen was the only thing that kind of, I think knew what his character was supposed to be. And everybody else was just thought they were just like in some sort of like Gothic horror with some singing. So yeah, that's why I was like, I, I had such an issue with that one. It's like, it just lost so much of the dark humor. That is part of what I loved about Sweeney Todd when I saw it performed. And if that makes me like a musical snob, I understand, (laughs) but it's snob. Oh, I get it. I can, (laughs) I can definitely be a musical snob, but I, it was like one, the joyous thing for me is, you know, like all of that, like just knowing, like having that humor mixed in with that darkness. It's like what I love about it. Um, You know, and vice versa with that, I actually love the, um, 
because I never, I've only gotten to see, and a funny thing about the way to the forum performed by high schoolers, obviously, because when it first oh. came out, I wasn't alive. But the uh, <laughs> video version of it, the movie version, was actually really funny. And it's because it's like they understood. It's like, oh, no, this is just a ridiculously good time, and we can be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they figured that out. They got it. They didn't need to add anything, like, super serious. The stuff they added in, you know, was just hilarious and oddball off the wall stuff you're like there's an entire scene in the movie where uh hero goes to uh kill himself because he thinks that um the girl he loves is dead um and he goes to, like a gladiator arena and there's a bunch of stuff going on this yes. that's not in the musical but you know it's it's just funny like what happens and you know like the chariot races are not in the musical either but they're just so funny because of all the little like little Pratt Falls they're taking and everything along with Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. Like they did it right. Like for me, in my opinion, they did it so well and they understood what the material was. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, they were bad. Like I still think that if Sweeney Todd was just on its own, the movie version, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's hard for me to grasp. And I, my understanding is that Stephen Sondheim likes the movie version for he knew it was coming. He was just fine with what, was produced it's like that's great i just i can't watch it i am in love with the stage production like it's just there's not the humor that i need in it you know i didn't want something dark i want something that i can sit back and laugh at (laughs) well and that's kind of how i feel about the um the movie constantine like i'm a huge fan of uh hellblazer and and in fact it's one of the comics that brought me back into comics as an adult and um, I, I, I absolutely love uh, Hellblazer and I absolutely adored the cast in Constantine, but like Peter Stormare was fucking brilliant and um, Tilda Swinton. Oh, Jesus Christ. She's amazing. But, you know, it, on its own, it's a really fantastic story uh, with a great cast and it's entertaining as hell. Um but once you say that this is John Constantine, it's like, no, that's fucking not. That's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like, fuck you. Get out of here. I just say it. I think I've actually had this conversation with a couple other people where it's like, no, it's it's always Keanu Reeves. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. That's okay. No, he does an amazing job at being Keanu Reeves. <laughs> And from what I've heard, he's an amazing fucking person. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've heard the exact same life. thing. So, again, it's – but, yeah, it's – you know, it, it it's kind of like – maybe we can also use Sandman as this example. It looks really good. We're seeing – that we just saw some of the previews for the new Sandman series. Yeah. But there's that little bit of fear in the back of my head that's like, mm-hmm. you know – they could just remove this. I'm like, no, they can't. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, oh, they could fuck this up. They could fuck this up. <laughs> like, like, shut up. Shut up. Logic. Stop. You know how they can. <laughs> they have done these things before. <laughs> I, I've been burned too many times by Hollywood. And even like um, the comic book for Lucifer is a really great story. Yes. And it's like, well, and then they put the beginning of the show loop. So it's like based on the comes like, no, it's not. That is, this is, this nope. is, I mean, it's a fun little procedural. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This is not based at all on the comic book Lucifer. 
<laughs> or the character that Neil Gaiman originally created. <laughs> so Mm-mm. no, no, it's not. So yes, it's been burned, as you say, it's been burned too many times that it's like, well, I really want to look forward to this, but. <sighs> well, like the gunslinger, I was so, so fucking ready for that. And I, I loves me some Idris Elba. I'll tell you what. Um, I was so fucking there, but then I saw it and I was like, no, 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 it's heartbreaking. I will say there is one movie musical I will not see and I will not see cats. <laughs> oh, even just for nightmare fuel. Um, it's not even for the nightmare fuel. It's just, um, I, I did read the things that they changed and updated. it. I'm like, ah, Ha! Uh-huh. No, no, no! You, you. I've tr- never seen the stage version, so I, I, I have nothing to compare. It well, to. it's uh, it, cats has a very loose plot, like an almost mm. non-existent plot. The basic idea is all these cats gather um, to see who see who gets chosen to basically go up to heaven in a weird way. Oh, that's God. it. I mean, that's seriously it. <laughs> like, and then throughout the, they're kind of like singing songs about all these different kinds of cats based off of the poems by T.S. Eliot. Like that's, you know, and it's interspersed. It's, it's a spectacle musical. It's more for the dancing and the theatrics of it more than okay. anything else. It's not something that really has a strong story. It's very basic. And yes, death is mm. what it is. It's a lot of people to basically like, where did she go? It's like, well, I think she dies. <laughs> I think the metaphor is she dies. And it's okay. Because <laughs> she gets to be reborn into a new life is what they keep saying. So let's let's use logic here. But yeah, no, I after reading some of the like additions and everything that they added in, I was like, ah, oh, I'm okay with just having a spectacle. It's okay. The music's fine. It's fun to put on in the background because it's just fun. You don't need to add this in. <laughs> well, we know that all dogs go to heaven. Well, cats are clearly <laughs> reborn at the Jellicoe Ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we release these poor people? <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to make this a two-parter where the other hour is like us talking about musicals. <laughs> Just talk, giving our opinions. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, once like I start talking about like, you know, once I start sharing my opinions, it can't shut me up. So <laughs> like I'm cutting myself off at the past. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will say this. One other musical reference, Hairspray. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm. Um. And whatever you want to say about John Travolta playing that, fine. Honestly, I think he did just fine. Nikki Blonsky needs to be in more shit. She was goddamn amazing. She needs to be in more shit. Okay. Like, I love her as Tracy. (laughs) Okay. I just, I want to put that out in the universe because I want her in more shit. I want her in more, like, theater productions. I want her in more movies because she is amazing. Couldn't agree more. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so I suppose now's the time I say please, p- 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 please, 
listen, subscribe, rate, and review Bedknobs and Broom Flicks on Apple Podcasts because it helps us immensely. And um, <laughs> I was just telling Jane about like how we got some amazing reviews uh, lately. And then um, she was saying, well, I don't see any of the latest ones. <laughs> and I'm like, there's one this month. What are you talking about? And then I realized that's from last year. <laughs> September 2020. So, I was like, am I, is this like an app? Like I even wrote back, is this an Apple thing where like if I don't subscribe, I can't see all the reviews. <laughs> like I'm locked so please, out. It's, it's just getting sad. So please help us out. Um, you can help other people's, uh, other people's, oh God, it's, I'm tired and it's a work night. Uh, you can help other people find us, uh, discover us. It just, by just by uh, giving a review and rating us just for just a dollar a day, you can help <laughs> these poor podcasts. But without even giving a dollar. Without even, it's free, you guys. You have no excuse. So, anywho, remember you can find Bed Dubs and Broom Flicks on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, especially on Twitter. I'm a little more active there uh, at, at Broom Flicks. And you can write to us at broomflicks at gmail.com. And you could check out our show at bedknobsandbroomflicks.com. Um, if that's a little, because I do realize it's too, it's very long and bedknobs is not spelled in a fanatic manner. Um, you could just go to cageskiss.com and it'll take you to a landing page where you can go to bedknobsandbroomflicks.com. You just want them to visit but, the um, Nicholas Cage page, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I haven't updated it in a while. But um, but seriously, you can you can check out the Cages Kiss and Videorama uh, podcasts there, and check out other things like my brother Donnie's uh, reviews and Adrian's amazing artwork. Um, like really, I'm I'm not saying this that because I'm biased and I'm you know um, I'm his friend, but it, it's it's fucking amazing, you guys. I mean, honestly, before I even so, knew Adrian, um, you had sent me some of his work that for just the podcast, and I was like, why is he not doing this for a living? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It like pisses me off. I'm like, why are you not like making money off of this? But um, <laughs> speaking of which, he's got a Patreon, but uh, hopefully we will too soon. We just have to, you know, actually have the time to put it together. But uh, anyway, yeah, check it out at bedknobsandbroomflakes.com or cageskiss.com. Uh, you could see some awesome stuff there. Uh, you can find me on the amazing podcast that covers specific movie themes, Videorama. Uh, this, well, we're... I think we're like a month ahead. So I believe we're covering, ah, uh, that's right. Uh, reality is the nightmare over there. Um, also you could check me out in the second season of the podcast sitcom four is a crowd where I play Mrs. Halverson. <laughs> I was <laughs> Jay, wondering if you were going to lose the accent you. or not, or if you're just going to try it like, Oh, golly. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> oh, my Atlanta. Jane, how'd you tell the kids what you're doing? Try not to <laughs> sink back into drop dead gorgeous territory right now. Oh my god. I keep thinking of drop dead gorgeous. I keep thinking, uh catch this in your mouth, you'll get a you'll get a treat. <laughs> you have to understand. I fucking like, love again, her. A good chunk of my um adopted family is all from uh Minnesota. 
So, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when I, you first said what you were doing, I was like, are you, are, how's the accent working for you? <laughs> and because when we all watched <sighs> Drop Dead Gorgeous, it was like my parents were staring going like, yeah, we know those kinds of people. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so this is less of a comedy than more of a documentary for realsies. <laughs> that movie is so fucking, like, it. it's so fucking underrated. It's so, so amazing. And it's got Kirstie Alley, and it's, oh. Okay, she might be a trash monster politically, but, like, oh, I love her, though. Like, her acting. But anyway. Before all the trash monster stuff. <laughs> yeah, before all the trash monster stuff. No, I have shit. no idea what but, they're doing except being a trash monster. So, yes. <laughs> but it, and it has Allison Janney. I, oh, my God. How can you not love Allison Janney? I think Janney? we know what we need to cover as She's part of our treasure. Patreon bonuses right now. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, I think we just decided. <laughs> we're going to cover movies we can't cover because they're not involving witches. It's because call movies we like. <laughs> Or movies we don't like. <laughs> Torture us with movies that you think we should watch just because you hate us. <laughs> it would be like a secret movies review. You want to torture us with. <laughs> like we don't like you, so we're gonna send you something absolutely horrible to watch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where can the people find you, Jane? I have no idea anymore. I was digging around in mud and I think I may have sunk into a pit where I'm all congested. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I love it. I'm going to do it again next year. Tough mutters are fun. I'm pretty jealous. Hey, it's, you know, it's, if you were, okay, so when you grew up, my favorite show was Double Dare to watch. Yes. Oh, I always yeah. want to do that obstacle course. This is basically the obstacle course made for adults for me. I was like, I'm living my Double Dare dreams. I don't get money, but it's fun. <laughs> I wanted to be on that so badly. Oh, so did I. I always got pissed when they did things that were like, like the, the beer, filling up the like beer keg thing. It was like, does that thing just come out really fast or could you just pour it slowly and then slide it? Because they'd be like spraying it, be like, Psh. I, 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 yeah, I also had um, criticisms as to how they ran the obstacle course. <laughs> Similar with Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> oh, that always bugged me too but I always wanted to be on that so yes now I'm in my 30s and that's definitely never going to happen still but yes I get to so now you do Tough Mudder yep, I get to play a version of it where I just get gross disgusting and have fun <laughs> with that I'd like to thank Doug Walters and Redwire Blackwire for allowing us to use their song Compass and next episode as we've alluded to we will be covering Into the Woods the Disney version where Jane definitely has a ton of opinions you it's like i haven't been expressing the whole time <laughs> and you can find that streaming on uh disney yep. plus if you double checked it. made sure it is there but until then what's that got to do with my knob well we already saw the wolf's one so i don't think we need to ask that anymore <laughs> furry knob wolf knob it was a furry dong i swear it was a furry dong <laughs> It was. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, ugh. <laughs>